Welcome to We'll Ride for Wine, a podcast about wine writing and song, but mostly wine and writing, with your hosts, Samantha Graves and Lonnie Diane Rich. Take it away, girls. Thank, Thank you, Wanda. Wanda. Welcome to We'll Write for Wine. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Samantha Graves. We're here to talk to you about wine and writing. Yes, and today's episode is movie night. Yay! We'll for wine. Yay! We're going to explore the world building in Firefly slash Serenity mm-hmm. and chocolate. Chocolate. I just like the way it sounds. Chocolate. <laughs> I know, which has Johnny Depp in it, and I'm just so happy. <laughs> I didn't have a thing for Johnny Depp until this movie, and now I totally do. I was like the last holdout, the last Depp holdout, where I was like, eh, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Between this and Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's I pretty good in that. Yeah. And I don't understand, because he plays like this really effeminate drunken pirate, which is something ordinarily I wouldn't go for. But <laughs> ordinarily, I don't like to date the drunken pirates. Not my thing. But there's something about him. There's something about him. This yep. constantly stoned, effeminate pirate. <laughs> He's still sexy. <laughs> that takes talent. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so what's the subject? Uh, oh, movie we'll night. <laughs> and... And world building, world building, yay! This is like my favorite topic: world building. Oh, Aside yeah. from plotting, mm-hmm. of course. So mm-hmm. I'm, right. I might have a hard time controlling myself. <laughs> well, you know, do your best. That's all anyone can ask. Well, that's all later on in the program. First, we have wine. Yes, we do. So, Lonnie, what are you drinking tonight? I'm I'm scared. <laughs> I can't pronounce what I'm drinking tonight. It's French. And the French put all these letters in their words that don't count. Okay, we'll that just are skip, there, but they're skip not really there. every other letter. Okay. <laughs> what I'm drinking is a Jardin de la Fruitière. I don't know. <laughs> That's my French pronunciation. Yes, thank you. I'm very good. It's a 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's French, as we've stated. There are wine notes on the bottle, I think, but the only thing I can understand is the part that says white wine. <laughs> French labels are really, really hard to understand. I still don't it's get them. It's a little evil. It's I know. a little evil. It I is. To say. So mm-hmm. anyway, it says 45% Chardonnay. I'm mm-hmm. totally in with that. Yep. Then it's 45% and God help me, Melon de Bougogne. <laughs> looks like bologna like to that. me. <laughs> it looks like bologna, but it's not. And then it's 5% Faux Blanc. Blanche. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And 5% Sauvignon. I got that. Gris. Yes. Or Greece. Greece. It's G-R-I-S. I think it's Greece. It's, again, another mm-hmm. letter. You know what, French people? Just, you're wasting so much ink. <laughs> with, the, with the typing and the printing out. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> five letters, one little sound. You know, just cut it down to the one mm-hmm. little... Okay, anyway, I'm done. Okay. So that's my whole French thing. Okay. So anyway, I don't know what any of that is. I've never mm-hmm. heard of the Malone de Bologna or any of this stuff, so I've, I have no idea what it is. But uh, I went on the web and I found this, which is the Jardin de la Fruitière mm-hmm. is made up of declassified younger vine, De- 10 to 20 years old. Declassified. Declassified. Apparently once it was like Roswell, uh-huh. you know? And now it's been declassified, the- yeah. Right, the government did not want to talk about it. It could be some kind of, I'm thinking, maybe an alien vine of some sort. <laughs> but anyway, it is 10 to 20 years old, so it's a youngin'. Or uh-huh. is that old? I have no idea. Um, Melon de Bourgogne, whatever, baloney, from within the Muscadet AOC, which I guess is something maybe like the OC there. It's maybe. the French 
the French Orange County? I have no idea. And Chardonnay, <laughs> which I can pronounce, with small amounts of Sauvignon Gris mm-hmm. and Faux Blanche. Faux Blanche. I think. Yeah. Which is something white. I know that much. Mm-hmm. Blanche. Wait. <laughs> Because I'm international. It is bright and racy with Ooh. lots of crisp lime, citrus fruit, as though lime is not a citrus fruit. Okay, huh. anyway. And creamy minerals. Oh. Ew. <laughs> Again, with the rocky wine. Wasn't there one yeah. that was stony? Oh, last week was ago? stony. We had stony and then we've and got the leathery earthy. ones and now the... Wow. minerals mm. and so i don't i don't really understand anything about this wine except mm-hmm. i have to tell you it's damn tasty good <laughs> i'm enjoying it i can't pronounce it but i'm enjoying it quite a bit good <laughs> so i give it a wwfw rating of four glasses good i might have which to try is about that. probably about how much i'll have tonight <laughs> <laughs> actually that's not true i drank half the bottle last week so there's only two glasses left <laughs> But it was fun to say that. So what are you drinking? Um, tonight I am drinking an unknown year white table wine called Diamond by uh-huh. Goose Watch Winery, which mm. is a Finger Lakes winery. I like them. I know. Mm-hmm. And I can pronounce it and everything. Ooh, but, rock. Yeah. yeah. But seriously, I can't find a year on the bottle anywhere. So apparently it's just all the leftover grapes from year to year. I mean, who knows? Remember when you Try had not that, to think about it. Well, I think you're better you off had if that, you just like, uh, Chateau Lafayette, and it was like yeah. it didn't have a year on it, and it was just like, yeah, exactly. So it just kind of makes you. Wonder. It was just they're just they're just being vague when they mm-hmm. don't tell you, you yeah. know. But I mean, I guess what are they going to do? Be like 2003 to 2006? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's what we call leftovers. If it was meatloaf, it'd be in a little plastic bin. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, regardless, we love our Finger Lakes <laughs> wines. Yes, we do. Not only are their white wines fabulous, the wine tour along mm-hmm. the lakes is gorgeous. <gasps> so it's much fun. So much fun. So much fun. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the Finger, ever in the Finger Lakes area in New York State, you have to swing by the wineries. So Oh, absolutely. And get mm-hmm. this. You can order personalized wine labels that this vineyard will put on their wines for like gifts and stuff how That's cool so is that cool. I you know like yeah that. we should totally do like we'll write for <gasps> wine labels oh my goodness we could give away wine oh that would be fun in our in our monthly giveaway except yeah. that we'd have to make sure everybody was over 21 <laughs> i'm not sure i don't think we can do that. i don't think so <laughs> but either if we can we'll find a way and we'll there's have a no- wwfw tasting yeah. <laughs> There's no uh, alcohol percentage on it either. I know. Wow. So there, but there better like be alcohol wine. in this. Mm-hmm. I paid. I paid <laughs> for alcohol. I paid for it, man. <laughs> now the wine notes are assertive, mm-hmm. floral, mm-hmm. and fresh grape aromas and flavors are nicely integrated with the luscious semi-sweet finish assertive oh. yeah so it's assertive sounds, um, it sounds very nice yeah yeah nine dollars a bottle mm-hmm. um and i like it it's it's sort of sweet and it's very grapey mm-hmm. it's got that wonderful grapey right. taste to it mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. i'm finding is that i like my reds very dry and my whites a little sweeter isn't that uh-huh. odd i don't know yeah. most people start with whites and go to reds i start with reds and I'm going to whites, but anyway, I give it mm-hmm. a WWFW rating of four glasses also. Oh, very cool. Yeah. It'd be five if you knew what year it was. <laughs> that might help. And, and, like and if, if I, I knew there was mine, actually it'd be five. Yeah, yeah. alcohol in it. 
if there's actually alcohol in it. We'll keep drinking it, and I'll tell you by the end of the podcast. Okay. I'll be like, yeah, Sam, there's definitely alcohol in that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we know what we're drinking, we mm-hmm. need to talk about who we love this week. Time for shout-outs and shout-offs. Yes. And I, you know, I hardly ever have, like, any of these. And this week, I just have a whole bunch of them. So, oh, well, so yeah, so I'll be quick. But first off, mm-hmm. I have a shout off to Lonnie for hooking <laughs> me on Bubble Shooter. <sighs> I don't even want to think I about know. how many hours I've spent on this game since last show. And thank God the book is done. <laughs> so, well, see, the book is done. You need something to, you know, fill that time. You know, I'll be playing. They... I look up. It's like two hours later. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm still playing this stupid game. So I, I have to, like, it's control myself. I know. I it's know. Very addictive. It should come with a little warning label, I think. It should. This game is addictive. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, I want to shout out to uh, Pam for mm-hmm. the Pimp My Mixer website alert. Oh, my God. <laughs> deleted this it. because I saw Pimp My, my Mixer oh, on the subject and I thought it was spam. Spam from Pam. Yeah. It's not spam, But Pam. then I opened right. it up and yes, you too can pimp your KitchenAid mixer with flame <laughs> or cow or cow decals at flameka.com. Oh <laughs> I love it. Is that hysterical or what? So I will put I the link it. in the show notes. But <laughs> You oh my see this. god! So funny! It's so funny. That is adorable. Yeah, yeah. So thank you to Pam. <laughs> Pam, you're awesome. I know. <laughs> and finally, I have a shout out to all our whiffers out there who yes. made our week by yes. emailing and leaving comments. It was a total squee week here at Will Write for Wine. <laughs> you should have heard us. We're like, oh my god, we got another email! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> We have no lives aside from wine and writing. Really, right. that's really exactly. sad. You know, We've nothing, nothing, yeah. and making fun of the French. That's it. Oh gosh, do we have to apologize to the French? Oh yeah. Now? Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to everybody out there, yes, and um, and I'm sorry that our comments were aren't working too well. It, mm-hmm. it, who it, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. So if you yeah. have trouble posting a comment, just email us at feedback at right. wine.com. Thank you. I'm done. Yay, whippers. All right. My shout out this week goes to all my fellow literary chicks. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of you who've been to my blog site, literarychicks.com, you probably know that we've decided to close our doors. um, And I'm going to be missing all of my girls, Michelle Kenna, Eileen Randall, Whitney Gaskell, Lisa Holiday, and Beth Kendrick. I love Mm -hmm. my girls. (laughs) I love my girls. But we found ourselves a little overwhelmed. Careers are taking off. People are doing, like, you know, podcasts and et cetera <laughs> that take up all their free time, but it's worth it. That's right. <laughs> and I wasn't blogging for wine. So, you see, mm-hmm. when I had to make a choice, I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, so I wanted to lift my glass to my girls as well as all the chicklets and mm-hmm. all the community at uh, Literary Chicks who've been coming by to the site to say goodbye to us this week. It has been a total blast. Aww. So I'll miss you. Anyway, I think that covers us for shout-outs and shout offs and uh, we'll be back in a minute at will write for wine we want to make it perfectly clear that we do not encourage excessive drinking excessive drinking is bad it hurts you it hurts your family it totally screws with your ability to put lipstick on properly and we do not encourage it a little drinking though now that's a different thing 
After all, wine is good for you, right? It's good for your heart, it's good for your cholesterol, it's loaded with antioxidants. And sometimes when you've had a really long, exhausting day and your kids are making you nuts and your husband has forgotten to take out the trash again and you start to become what some people might consider a little edgy, in that case, having some wine is a kindness, a public service even. So just remember that we here at Will Write for Wine do not encourage excessive drinking. We do, however, encourage you to not beat your husband over the head with a garbage can lid, and if it takes a little bit of wine to prevent that, then we suggest a light Chardonnay. And we're back. I'm Samantha Graves. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Will Write for Wine. We're tackling listener questions, and this week's question is from Ambrose. Ambrose? What do you think? Oh no, that looks like a it, it looks like a French name. Okay, and she's in in Montreal. <gasps> okay, I'm sorry, Am, Ambrose, Ambrose, Ambrose. Oh gosh, <laughs> we're totally gonna screw up her name. I feel so bad. Uh, nothing but, I said about the French was about you. Your Canadian French totally different. Totally different. <laughs> yes, it's a lovely name though. I mean, it's it's very it's pretty. A M B R O I S E. One episode where we've got like a French listener. Right? Just like me. I always do that. I'll drink. Go ahead, Sam. <laughs> she lives in Montreal, Canada. Another international mm-hmm. listener. How cool is yes. that? Yay. I know. I love it. Mm-hmm. She asks, what's mm-hmm. the length of a page? No, really. The two of you have confused me since your first show. <laughs> oh, we're confusing loads of we people. We are. We are. We, we're we so do. bad. We confuse everybody. But mm-hmm. that's okay, because then they write in and ask us questions, and they give us the segments. So yes. <laughs> we can... We can confuse them and then answer. So that works well. Okay. Um, anyway, Ambrose, Am- I, I'm sure I'm pronouncing your name wrong, so let me apologize for that right up front. Please put Both in our of us, yes. List. All right. Please email us again with the pronunciation. Yes, because it <laughs> anyway. looks lovely. It does. It looks really, really pretty, but mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm horrible at pronunciation. So, okay. But anyway, pages. Well, mm-hmm. here's the thing. When people first started writing back in the chisel and stone tablet days, there was no really easy way to figure out word count, right? I mean, who wants to count out 100,000 words by hand? Right. So what they did was, based on courier font type, which is what most typewriters used with one-inch margins, they worked it out that word count averaged out at about 250 words per page. Mm -hmm. So your average 85,000-word book is about 340 pages. Mm Mm-hmm. But now, with different fonts for everything, a page has different meanings. So it's hard to use that as a standard measurement. Still, we, we kind of do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I actually usually you think of it in words. Like, I give myself a, a thing of, like, you know, 2,000 words a day. But, mm-hmm. you know, if we're talking about it here, we kind of needed to have a standard measurement. So I would basically just put, you know, whatever font I was using on my computer into Courier, mm-hmm. count my pages, and say that's how many pages I did, you know, okay. and, and look at it kind of that way. So, yeah. so that yeah. we would be talking about the same thing. Yeah. And so I- that's what, does that, does that clear anything up? <laughs> And I can't do no. words because it requires mm-hmm. math, and that gives me a headache. Oh, all you have to do is do the word count. Yeah, but see, and that's the thing. Some See, I don't know if it means, is that the word word count, or is that pages word count, which is 250 words? You know what I mean? No, that's the word, like, in, in, in Microsoft Word, you go to the tools menu, it gives okay. you word count. Well, see, okay. You just select what you, you know, wrote that day, and then you do the word count. Okay, you know why I don't do it that way? <laughs> It's because my first book, 
Yeah. I needed to write 100,000 words. Right. And I used word word count for 100,000 words. And then oh, when I yeah. and then when I discovered that you had to take those words and actually reformat them into a specific format, right. I was 60 You were I was 60 pages over, I had to over cut, budget, right? cut 60 pages. I was 106, yeah. I had written a book and a half, basically. Right, because publishers will give you, I mean, publishers mm-hmm. will say, you know, we want 85,000 words, but they're exactly. basing that on 250 words per page, which actually, in reality, by the time I get to, you know, an 85,000 word book, mm-hmm. you know, it's like 70,000 words if I do the word yeah. word count yeah. but according to the page count it's 85,000 words so it's one of those things where it's it's just there's no real standard and because computers give you um, a different way of kind of figuring all that stuff out it just makes it that much more mm-hmm. confusing so basically we've clarified nothing no <laughs> Well, we don't know what the hell we're talking about either. <laughs> well, the reason <laughs> we just I both use, use word use pages. Uh-huh. The reason I use pages is because then I know if I owe the publisher uh, three hundred and sixty pages, mm-hmm. then I know when I have three hundred and sixty pages. I don't have to guess and say, well, seventy thousand words normally equals or constantly be you know checking I mean? yourself, right? And all that. Yeah, so exactly. as I write, exactly. I just it's mm-hmm. just pages. So. So anyway, but, you know, I mean, the thing is that if you write with more words, you mm-hmm. can just put your manuscript in Times New Roman. Yeah. And Times New Roman, because it's a variable font, which mm-hmm. means like, you know, it, it doesn't give the same amount of space to each character. It depends on the, the character, how much space it gets. Mm-hmm. Actually, it comes in a lot. You'll have, you can Narrower. fit a lot more right. words into those 340 pages. So the reality of it is that if you want to fudge, mm-hmm. you, can, you can fudge either right, way. Right. You know, I mean, you can make it work either way. Right. Um, so, yeah, so basically the whole pages thing is we just use courier font, one-inch margins, and then mm-hmm. that's double however space. many pages we get in that. Double-spaced, right? Yes. However many pages we get in that. Right. So, so that's a page. Right. That's Formatted what a page equals page. for us. Yes. For us. For other people, it could be different, but that's what we use so that we have the same yardstick when we're talking about what we've done this week. Right. And also, um, <laughs> when you're talking, you know, to your, to your editors, too, because they're talking, you know, in number of pages. And right. and they will actually right. say, you know, the, the publisher will say, okay, I want a book that's 80 to 90,000 words. That That's what it says in the contract. And what um, they mean is not 80 to 90,000 words. Right. They mean... They mean, you know, 330 to 360 pages. Exactly. Exactly. And there's so, a reason yeah. for that. The reason is the presses are only so big. And every right. mm-hmm. every book has the same, every book they print has the same number of pages. So, but let's say you send in a book that's 330 pages versus somebody else who sends in a book that's 360 pages. When they go to actually select a font, the 330 page book will get a larger font. Wait the a minute. They're not all the same number of pages. Oh, they're very, very close. It's very close. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that does not sound right to me. No, books are what, however many pages they end up. For that no. line, for that printer, for that line, they will be... For that line? Yeah. I've Because I have four books from the same publisher. And they're all the exact same number of pages. They're all the same number of pages, and they're all the same size, like thickness. You know what I mean? But the fonts really? are different, and every single book has a different font. That is not my experience. Ah. Of course, but I was with a different publisher. Yeah, yeah. You were with Dorchester. Right. So maybe Dorchester, maybe that's what Dorchester does. I don't know. Which seems a little fishy to me. I don't but know. We'll that, that has not been my experience with Warner. My, ah. my books have been however long they are. <laughs> Because I'll tell you, I'm, I'm kind of a quick writer. I sort of get to my point as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> get in, get out, make my point, do it. Um, so, uh, so I mean, my books would be like this, you know, be like, oh, it's a large print book. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the people who need large print um, to fill up that as many mm-hmm. pages as somebody else might have. But, um, but anyway, yeah, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we've anyway, spent a lot of time talking about this we did. and clarified nothing. Uh, probably not. <laughs> Sorry. But it was a great question. It was uh, a great question, and thank you. To get Sorry your question. About the whole French thing. <laughs> to get your question on the show, send them in to feedback at willwriteforwine.com. Mm-hmm. Now for this week's We Recommend segment. Yes, each week we're going to recommend something. New mm-hmm. Music, books, movies, TV shows, websites, whatever. I, you know, I want to see if I can go through a week. Where I don't screw that line up. <laughs> every week I'm like, duh, duh. you wrote it. I wonder how many times I I know. I wonder how many times I actually have to say it before I don't screw it up. Yeah. Um, anyway, that we love so mm-hmm. we can share them with you. Sam, yes. what are you recommending this week? This week I'm recommending a CD called On a Clear Night by Missy Higgins, mm-hmm. who I discovered on MySpace. And Yay. I have found more new music there. You know, you go to someone's mm-hmm. site and their music plays. Right. Uh-huh. And I and then I And every now and again it's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Ooh, who is this?" Anyway, That's uh great. she's from Australia and her music is um alternative, uh, mm-hmm. very easy to listen to with great lyrics. So That's very yeah. cool. Yep. Awesome. Well, this week I'm recommending pedicures. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I went to get one on Tuesday with my good friend Jennifer, who's moving to Arizona soon. Anyway, I'd never had one before, and they had these massaging seats Mm. that you sat on while your feet soaked in a warm bath, and then they did my toenails. Oh, nice. Now, um, I realize I'm probably the only woman in the world over the age of 16 who hasn't had a pedicure yet. This is like my virginal voyage. But just in case there's someone else out there who mm-hmm. hasn't done it yet, get to a salon now. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> Although I have to tell you, I did not know that I was abnormally ticklish <laughs> until this experience. They did that scruffy thing on the soles of your feet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the the girl who was doing Jennifer's feet was a little bit ahead of mine because I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah. I was always like, oh, do I put my feet? Where do I put my feet? What do I do? You know, so I was slowing things up on my end. But she's all scrubbing Jennifer's feet and Jennifer's holding the conversation. Everything's fine, right? So when she picks up the mic, picks up the scrubber and picks up my foot, I'm just thinking, oh, okay, I'm holding. Oh, my God. You know, and I started laughing hysterically and like kind of jerking my foot and she couldn't hold my foot still. The poor girl, I swear. And even the little two-year-old was laughing at me. It was really very sad. But anyway, um, I say still, even with the tickly foot, do the pedicure. Mat. Oh it's yeah, awesome. <laughs> I love them. I usually try to do them when summer hits, so you know, so you actually can like show yeah. them off because Thank otherwise it seems like a waste. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know. But I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's it for we recommend. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a flash. A sexy international art thief with a license to steal and a past she can't escape. An ex-cop with a murder to avenge and nothing left to lose. A calculating killer launches a deadly game. From the heat of Havana to the streets of New York City, the race for justice is on. Sight unseen by Samantha Graves, now available at a store near you. Thanks for coming back with us. I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Samantha Graves. 
And this is Will Ride for Wine. <laughs> Tonight's topic is movie night at WWFW, Yay. which I'm supposed to say Will Ride for Wine whenever we put that in the script, <laughs> the little shorthand there. I didn't, though. I just said WWFW because I'm a rebel. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sam is going to discuss Firefly Serenity because mm-hmm. they are essentially the same world. And I am going to discuss Chocolate. Yes. Because I love Johnny Depp. <laughs> um, but really... This is Sam's thing, kind of like how my thing was dialogue. So Mm -hmm. mostly I'm just going to sit here and look pretty while Sam takes a stage. Yes. And we're going (laughs) to look at world building for each of these movies. And uh, and I have to say, I am a world building fanatic. Mm -hmm. And actually, I have uh, given workshops on this topic. So it is yes. near and dear to my heart. Your thing. So, <laughs> so before we talk about the movies, I'm just going to give a quick, uh, well, not so quick, a rundown. It's okay. <laughs> on the we basics. Got time, babe. So we got time. It's all right. Everybody kick your feedback. It's going to yeah. be a long one. Yeah. I know a lot of folks hear the word world building and they tend to freak out because it sounds so intimidating and so big. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. here's my motto. World building is the world according to me. Mm-hmm. My vision, my voice, my words, I will use it and abuse it to get what I want because I can. Hey, I like it. <laughs> All right. So now I've got, okay, I have to tell them. I have to tell them because it's so cute. So Sam wrote this whole thing out because she's awesome. So she did like most of the script. And basically like I did this for her too. Like, you know, where I'll write in like a little bit of her dialogue sometimes in, yeah. in the script so that, you know, because if I'm the one taking over the show, if I'm doing like dialogue or whatever, you know, I give her things to do. So mm-hmm. she's giving me these, these lines to read. <laughs> and the first one is, so Sam, what exactly is world building? <laughs> I just love my dialogue. Oh, it's really, really fun. So go ahead. Okay. <laughs> world building is the construction of a feasible world where your character's story is told. A moment in time captured for your reader. Mm-hmm. Which means it can be a room, a house, a town, a city, a planet, or a whole universe. Right. It can be secondary characters, animals, and other living things. Mm-hmm. It is more than what you can see hear, taste, smell, and touch. It is Mm -hmm. more than description and setting. It includes anything, anyone, or any intangible that comes into contact with your character's journey. So, it should should capture your character's current situation. That's what world Mm -hmm. building is all about. It's setting setting that moment Mm -hmm. that when you bring the, the reader into it. So, uh, I think of world building as an opportunity. When your character walks into a room, it's a new world. Mm-hmm. When they drive down the road, it's a new world. When they fly ca- across the galaxy, it's a new world. They are mm-hmm. all small worlds that make up your big world, and they must all live within the parameters of that bigger world. Wow, it sounds like <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> is and it should be (laughs) you should put as much thought into your world as you do your characters you do this by treating your world like a character give Mm -hmm. it life and a reason for being there use it to help your characters or to hinder them to add symbolism to nail your theme to add tension uh, to take a breather or to pick up the pace Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Sam, how do you begin? Well, I, I'm so glad you asked that question, Lonnie. <laughs> I begin with my vision. Uh-huh. 
if you believe in your world, they will believe in your world. It's kind of mm-hmm. like that movie, you know, if you, if you build it, they will come. In order right. for you mm-hmm. to believe it, you must understand it and know it from the foundation up, just like you do a character. You mm-hmm. must know your boundaries and you must follow the rules. <gasps> there are rules? There are rules. <laughs> you can see why I didn't become an actress, can't you? <laughs> There are rules based on genre. So the first uh-huh. one we're going to talk about is the one that most people think about when they when they hear the word world building, which is science fiction or right. speculative mm-hmm. fiction. And the mm-hmm. key to pulling it off is knowledge of the sciences. This mm-hmm. genre is based on the scientific possibilities and probabilities of the known universe. The only boundaries are the laws of the universe as we know them. Right. For example, Star Wars, Contact, Star Trek, Space Odyssey 2001, right. Serenity, Firefly. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the, the next genre is paranormal or fantasy. So basically mm-hmm. your, your ghosts, your goblins, your vampires, your, you know, witches mm-hmm. or whatever. The key mm-hmm. to pulling it off is creating your rules. Mm-hmm. These worlds are based on magic, fantasy, pure speculation, or altered reality. They mm-hmm. all have one thing in common. The boundaries mm-hmm. are the rules that you create and your characters live by. Right. So your Lord of the Rings, your Harry Potter, mm-hmm. the Matrix movies, things yes. of that nature. Yes, mm-hmm. especially Harry Potter. I think a lot of people, that he has, there's very strict rules in his world. Oh, absolutely. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The next genre is historical, and the key to pulling it off is historical accuracy. Getting the facts straight and working within the known historical base for the era that you choose. Right. So you got your Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, I put that in there for you. (laughs) Yes, you're gone with the wind. Although Pride and Prejudice Mm -hmm. actually was a contemporary at the time it was written. Oh, that's true. So she was writing it within the world that actually existed at the time. mm -hmm. Does that count as historical? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, right. yes. I, I mean, like, my futuristics will yeah. be contemporaries in about 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're going with the wind is a mm-hmm. good example. Braveheart, uh, yep. all the Regency romances, anything right. by George J. Heyer, who's mm-hmm. fabulous, a reader. All right, mm-hmm. very good. Okay. And the final genre, uh, at least according to me, because it uh-huh. is my world, I can do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. is modern contemporary. Mm-hmm. And the key to pulling this off is knowledge of the present, which means mm-hmm. more research. Mm-hmm. Climate, topography, political situations, geography, seasons, flora, fauna, technology, everything, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boundaries revolve around those known entities, uh, but they can be altered uh, to aid s- storytelling. Right. Okay. So, for example, uh, there's Moonstruck, mm-hmm. uh, Romancing the Stone, our books. Our books. <laughs> Which are right. good. Although, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Crazy in Love, I've got that's right. coming out this fall, and there's mm-hmm. a ghost in it. Right. But the ghost is not a huge element, and it could possibly be the imagination of the heroine. Although, at, mm-hmm. I think in the story, I, I land more than most of my other books, I land pretty heavily in that it's, it's an actual right. ghost. So, is that a... Um, is that a contemporary or is that a paranormal or it's, is that a contemporary with paranormal elements? I mean, what right. is, what is that? That would be a contemporary with paranormal elements. And you can mm-hmm. combine many stories, combine multiple genres that right. are the, of the mm-hmm. four that I just talked about. Mm-hmm. But remember the more genres you include, the more rules you have to follow. Right. So making it believable gets a little tricky. Right. So you had mm-hmm. your contemporary, you stayed within your contemporary 
world. You exactly. had your ghost, but your ghost, the rules that you set up for your ghost did not change throughout the book. Right. Did you yes, that? that's the important thing is that you have that to, I is think the consistency is really the biggest yes. thing about world building is that yes. the rules that you live within at the start mm-hmm. are the rules that you have at the end. Like with your vampires, mm-hmm. you know, vampires say you've got a world that you've built and there's the rules that the vampires are only killed by fire or a stake to the heart or right. um, or sunlight. And right. then all of a sudden, you know, at the end of the book, you're like, oh, but, you know, holy water can kill them too or something like that. Like, yeah, you know, your that. rules need to be be consistent all the way through exactly you can't just exactly. alter them because one scene needs it it has to be for the whole thing so mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. all right Very cool. and remember no one notices world building unless it's wrong right <laughs> unless it's done badly it's one of those it, things that if you do it really well nobody notices yes. and that's the good yes. thing <laughs> mm-hmm. it is a thankless job but you mm-hmm. still have to do it right <laughs> and whether they realize it or not your target audience also knows the rules right and they may Mm -hmm. not know exactly what i just talked about but they know when it's wrong right yes so now that we know what world building is let's see how it's done well right so let's talk about firefly (laughs) serenity which i love (laughs) and lonnie got me hooked on this i did Uh, because it's a joss whedon thing yes so tell me if i get anything wrong because you know it better than i do (laughs) i did watch like the whole first season uh Firefly was the TV show created by Joss Whedon, who Uh is a master world builder. If you Uh want to know how to world build, watch watch anything that Joss Whedon has done. Uh Um, It it was a show that was prematurely and stupidly canceled after one season. Fox, Fox, damn you, Fox! Yes, yes. Um, (laughs) I thought you said something else, but that's okay. Oh Uh, no, (laughs) Fox, F O X. I said. Okay, thank you. We want to keep our PG rating. Did you think we were going to have to stop and start all over again? I said Fox. Okay, go ahead. I'm angry Uh, with Fox. Well, so Firefly was the TV show. Serenity Mm -hmm. was the movie that sort of completed the story that Firefly had started. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't seen it yet, it's like the wild, wild west in space, which does not sound like it should work. But, but it this story, does. it does. The story mm-hmm. happens in space on various planets on the fringes of the galaxy. Lots mm-hmm. of bad guys, lots of shooting, lots of adventure. So basically, my kind of story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the interesting part is the strange mix of high technology and Old West flavor. Mm-hmm. So you've got six shooters and blasters. They have space stations and cattle farmers, mm-hmm. you know, or cattle yes. ranchers, whatever mm-hmm. you call them. Yeah. It's a very strange mix, but it works, and it works very well. Mm-hmm. So the question is, why does it work? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you don't realize that when you're watching it, you just love it, you know, right. because it all works. It all clicks. So, you know, you're so totally cool. into it. Mm-hmm. But even from, um, you know, when I go back and I actually look at something from a world-building point of view... Mm-hmm. The, the first thing was the theme song. Right. Which is mm-hmm. a guitar solo by Joss Whedon. I love that. It's a very simple guitar, very mm-hmm. very Western sounding. It is. And the words of the, the lyrics, the beginning lyrics are, Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. Uh-huh. I don't care, I'm still free, you can't take the sky from me. That sets an incredible world. That is the mm-hmm. theme, really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of this world. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. And do you agree with that? Oh, gosh. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I love that song. And um, mm-hmm. my husband sings it all the time. Oh, does he? <laughs> As a matter of fact, it was weird for me to hear you just speak the lyrics. 
Yeah. Because every time, I mean, you know, he's doing the dishes where he's like, take my love, take my land. <laughs> like he does it all the time. <laughs> the little uh, girls sing it all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. But so it does. I mean, it sets up that. It sets, it sets it. up the entire energy of, of the world. Absolutely. The about. And it mm-hmm. sets you right there in that moment where you mm-hmm. understand where the characters are. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it does encompass every character in the main cast. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the soundtrack is just as fabulous. Yes. Uh, fabulous. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, very much to character of the world. This mm-hmm. music is a part of that world. It's, right. It's, and it's, it's funny because you have this science fiction stuff, but then you're hearing guitars, fiddles, bass, the triangle, the right. flute, the drums. Mm-hmm. These are very fundamental Mm-hmm. Um, elemental instruments to use. Yes. And they also have mm-hmm. a bit of, I thought, a very bit uh, of uh, Native American sound to them. Yes. You know? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but then you have this technology, but somehow it works because mm-hmm. it's very rustic. It fits, you know, it all fits together. It does. It's so. very cool because even their mm-hmm. technology, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, they've got this spaceship, but it's like the old, broken down. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Exactly. Wagon of a spaceship. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, oh God, but it's so lovely though. You it know, is. so lovely because most spaceships, like when you think about your Star Trek and whatever, yeah. everything's Shiny all bright and, and sterile, and, very sterile. Exactly. And yeah. everything this in this is, not is like there's that. a it's very messy. organic feel. I mean, even the, <laughs> the ship itself yes. has a light up butt and it's shaped like a firefly. Yeah. I mean, it just is, you know. <laughs> It's a very, very cool looking ship and it has such a great, um, mm-hmm. great energy to it. And I think the idea of combining those two seemingly diametric, you know, genres of, the, you know, a space Western. Right. You know? But space right. is very much like the Old West. I mean, we think about when, when they start exploring it, it's going to be a mm-hmm. lot like that. There's going to be that frontier area and there's, yep. you know. So I find it really fascinating. And yeah. I think it's just, I, of course, because I'm a huge Joss Whedon fan. Anything he yeah. does, I love. So. <laughs> well, and the fan. other mm-hmm. thing, now the next thing I looked at were the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about them is embedded within this technology Mm-hmm. They still carry their very fundamental moral values and a code yes. that is that is traditional. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, they're like the anti-heroes that were played so well in the old westerns. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so they actually fit quite well into mm-hmm. into this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started to think about, well, why did they fit so well? And one mm-hmm. of the reasons they fit so well, and this is very simple, were their costumes. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. look at them, everything they wore uh, was warm and worn mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Wild West flavor to it. There was nothing yes. flashy or techno or mm-hmm. sterile looking. Mm-hmm. These were uh, simple Western style costumes. The gun holster hung low on their hips, the six shooters, right. the vest, the leather mm-hmm, vests, mm-hmm. Uh, the high boots, the collared mm-hmm. shirts. James the, Cunningham. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, knit by his mom. <laughs> Of which I have knit yes. quite a few of those, actually. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the long duster coats. Mm-hmm. And the, the costumes were just brilliantly chosen. Yes. And mm-hmm. they fit so well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing was that their vocabulary, their dialogue and delivery tends to be mm-hmm. very slow and smooth, like Old West speak. Right. And this mm-hmm. this really does pull you into their world. The terms that they use, mm-hmm. the, the way, you know, the... The way that they phrased uh, their dialogue had a very much of an Old West uh, feel to it, or sound mm-hmm. to it, you know? <laughs> right, so, what's the one? 
fish always quotes me. <laughs> says, if your hand touches seal, I swear by my pretty floral bonnet, I will end you. And that's when <laughs> Nathan Fillion is out in the beginning pretending to be the wife. He's all in a dress and a wagon trying to get these guys who've been uh, bothering this one town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swear by my pretty floral bonnet, I will end you. It's just so, it's so great the way that yeah. they talk to each other. You and, know? That, and that really pulled you into that. That made it, it all work. That all it's those combination of things. Mm-hmm. Plus all the Chinese. Yeah. You know, they speak, they speak a lot of Chinese. And what's great is mm-hmm. that whenever they have to curse, they curse in Chinese because they get away with that on the American oh. airwaves. <laughs> so they've got all this Chinese cursing going on. And it's so interesting because basically the theory of the world is that by the time, uh, you know, space exploration started, it came down mm-hmm. to China and the United States. Uh. And that those were the major um, forces in the world, you mm-hmm. know, uh, when it started, when, when their, you know, their history and everything. Uh. So, um, so I find that really interesting. Because China, of course, is such a you know huge power as far as the population. I think that's a realistic, mm-hmm. you know, thing to think about, and uh, yeah. and I find it interesting that they do. Well, they always curse in Chinese. Yeah, well, and that's actually the science fiction part of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That very logical uh, progression of right. evolution and that type of thing that makes perfect sense. So, from a science fiction point point, yes, that is definitely a possibility, a probability. Everything uh, in this world is very gritty grounded, real, and up close. It stays consistent within those parameters and makes this world incredibly effective and believable. So, and that is great world building. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So are we ready to talk about Chocolat? Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, Johnny Depp is in it. (laughs) (laughs) Did I mention that? Did I mention Did I mention Johnny Depp? (laughs) I just watched it again this afternoon. I was like, oh my God, I love him. Um, No, I've never seen it. What? You've never seen Chocolate? No. Oh, my gosh. You're so missing out. Okay, so basically, and the thing about this story is that it is, um, it's kind of a between-genre thing. I mean, it's not historical, because historical usually is a long time ago. And this is 1959. So, I mean, it's, it's retro, but not true. I don't know. Would you consider that true historical? 1959? Yes. Okay. Any, any era that actually is, is not contemporary? That is not contemporary. Or is not modern. Okay, like you the know last what I mean? 15 years or whatever. So, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I find it interesting because when I think of historical, I think of like, you know, nobody from that era is living now. You know what I'm saying? So that's what mm-hmm. I kind of think of his, as historical. But, um, but it's also well, kind of a, a light magical realism mm-hmm. sort of story as well. Because it follows this um, this woman who has a daughter, and she um, is part of this mythology. She's got this family mythology about, like, her, her father had gone to, um, or was a pharmacist, and he'd gone to uh, Mexico to study the medicinal properties of cocoa and, um, mm-hmm. and had met a woman there. And, and the woman, her, um, her whole life, like her whole family traveled by the north wind and they would you know the Mm -hmm. wind would blow and they would just pick up and move they were nomadic and they would just pick up and move and go to the next town and and you know give them the chocolate and heal the people and that kind of thing so this Mm -hmm. woman um that was her mother her father had married her and brought her back to europe and then the woman you know after they'd had the baby the little girl who grew up to be this you know main character vian um Mm -hmm. that uh, that they just moved all through europe from town to town now she's grown and she has a daughter and they're moving mm-hmm. from town 
town to town, and she is, um, you know, kind of scandalizing this very provincial, you know, French town. So she she comes in on the North Wind, and they're wearing these, you know, bright red, um, you know, like kind of uh, capes and everything. And the um, and the town mayor, who's this very conservative guy, is having lots of issues with them being there, and there's all that that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so basically, the, they've got this world in which that is not fantasy; it's a reality. It's a reality that her her life is all about being nomadic and opening up chocolate stores, you know, in these towns. It's a very mm-hmm. Catholic town. It's the middle of Lent, so these people are, are completely scandalized that she's opened up a chocolate store <laughs> in the middle of Lent when nobody's eating anything, you know, and everybody's fasting and whatever. Yeah. And, um, and so it's a really fascinating story because the mythology hmm. is such a huge part of it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's the backbone of it is that this is a reality. This is her life. Now, her daughter is, is right. very unhappy. Because mm-hmm. her daughter has no consistency um, in her life, and she has this imaginary um, kangaroo called Pantouf. You know, again, and it's French. <laughs> to me, I'm just all about the French day. It's like a French town. Don't ask me to pronounce their names. It's horrible. Um, but uh, but anyway, so you know, so she moves into town. She opens up this uh, chocolaterie, which is the chocolate store in French. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making it up as I go. But anyway, um, so the thing about that that's, that's really great is that they do, there's this consistency to the, um, to the world building in that mm-hmm. um, this is a world, like, as soon as you introduce an element that is abnormal in, a, in, a, in any kind of story, be it historical or, or whatever, um, you introduce an element, then you have to follow the rules of that element, the rules of this mythology. You know, the rules of this world is that this, this kind of mythology, this kind of fantastical... Um, you know, north wind moving people who magically go from town to town and heal the people of that town. Um, that that mm-hmm. that's a reality within this world. So mm-hmm. um, so, but aside from that, it's ex- it's exactly like you know what this what a small provincial town in 1959, like you know what you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing else yes. in there that's that at all um, unusual or out of the ordinary. So it kind of marries the two. You know, it sort of gives that that right. sense of magical realism. You know. But, you know, and that's why I consider that a historical, because that town is a typical 1959 town. Right, right. And that's what makes it. I always think of historicals, like, if nobody alive today can Mm -hmm. remember what it was really like, then that's what I think But from a world building Mm -hmm. uh, point of view... It is what it should be exactly. for it's that time they don't era. Have any t- they don't have any, like, yes. you know, high-def TVs or anything like that. Like, everything right. exists I mean, within if, what they would have had at that time. Right. If something had, had come into that, that world that did not belong in that time, the world building would have been screwed up. Right, right. So there's yeah. so, so yeah. it's the consistency within that and the way they tell stories. And also mm-hmm. in movies, you know, I mean, it's a little different between books and movies as far as the way that you tell the stories. Like, the things that... Right. Um, you know that we look at like with the music and the costuming and the look of the film and the you know the shots and all the kind of things the visual um, context that that is used in a film um, you know mm-hmm. in in a book I think that it, it comes down a lot more to the language and the way that the description is and that you would describe things differently when writing a historical from the perspective of people who lived in this particular time frame than you would in something that's say contemporary, like the, the way that, that mm-hmm. things would be described through the narrator's voice would just be different. Yes. So those are the kinds of things that you would do. Right. You know, to, kind right. Of, to kind of express that and the thing. So mm-hmm. anyway, so Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Depp comes in on the river. He's Irish. 
I don't know why. Uh-huh. Everybody else is French, but he's Irish. And he comes in on the river with a bunch of these other mm-hmm. people who are very nomadic. And, and um, the entire town, which had been currently focusing on Vian and getting her out, is now focusing on getting rid of the, what they call the river rats, you know, the immoral. And it was all about them being immoral and, and the nomadic thing. And then, um, and so it's just, it's just really, it's interesting because that there's nothing that mystical or magical about the Johnny Depp outsider. But then there's this mm-hmm. magical element to the Vion, you know, outsider. But they're both outsiders, you know, in this in this town, in this community, being right. shunned, you know, by this community. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's lots of really, it's funny and it's sweet and it's lovely. And did I mention Johnny Depp? <laughs> Am I obsessing? Okay, so anyway. But um, but I mean, all of those things, I think the fact that it sticks to the rules that it sets out, that it doesn't abandon, yes. um, you know, at, at the end, I'm not going to say the ending because those of you who haven't seen it, you must go out and get it now. Chocolate. It's <laughs> fabulous. Um, but uh, but at the end, that the ending is consistent with that mythology and it kind of wraps up that mythology. You know, the the mystical elements of the um, the North Wind and the, you know, the people traveling by the North Wind and, and um, healing the town and all that kind of thing. So I, I just think mm-hmm. it's I think it's really fabulous. I love this story. Cool. I love this movie. And, uh, yeah, and I think as, as a world building um, kind of example that it's it's a really good example in that um, it is consistent with. Um, right. with the story that the, the kind mm-hmm. of story you're telling has to be consistent with the world that you put it in you know that if you're, if you're telling a story that has mystical elements it has to be a story that has that fanciful you know mm-hmm. that, that takes That's advantage right. of all the way through elements. yeah you know i yeah. think you need to take yeah. advantage of what you don't just put it in if you can put it anywhere you mm-hmm. know, then then something's missing. You know, if, if right. it doesn't have right. to be space, if it doesn't have to be the old west, if it doesn't have to be, you know, a provincial 1959 French town, then then mm-hmm. your story might need a little more um, something to it, a little something something. Right, you right. Know. I'm just saying. I don't know. World building is not my thing. <laughs> I'm not as good with it as she is because I write all contemporaries. They take place in the in the modern world. I have elements of magical realism. I think in some of my books, mm-hmm. you know, I mean the fortune quote. We've got like the psychic thing and. You know, I've got an angel right. in um, in Little Ray of Sunshine, and um, yeah. but the the thing that I I try to do with most of my books, Crazy in Love goes a little mm-hmm. bit over the over the edge with the with the dead woman because she's she's actually mm-hmm. a ghost. She's there, <laughs> but like most of my books, the the mystical elements are things that um, that you can read either way. That you can say, you know, and, and I think that's the way the real world is. Like people will come and tell you stories about how they you know saw their dead aunt, you know, sitting on the couch or whatever, and talk to them or whatever, you know, and they have those experiences and you can't prove whether they're real or not you know you can decide right. what you believe you know mm-hmm. based on the evidence at hand and so I think that that's what I try to do in in a lot of my books is that at the end the reader can really go either way depending on what their personal belief system is because I think most of the mystical elements that you find in the real world present themselves that way where you can you can either mm-hmm. see them or you can choose not to it doesn't it doesn't matter right so. Well, I've written three out of the four genres that I talked about. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm a little more, a little more experience mm-hmm. with world mm-hmm. building. But anyway, so that's it for world building. Uh-huh. Uh, time for more wine. Yes. Uh, we're going to take a quick break to refill, and we'll see you in exactly 30 seconds. <laughs> more like a minute, but that's okay. <laughs> For 29 years, Carly McKay has known that her mother was never coming back. Her father was never going to file for divorce. Her little sister was never going to grow up and that psychics were full of crap. This year, all that changes. 
From award-winning author Lonnie Diane Rich comes The Fortune Quilt, a heartwarming story about family, psychics, love, and quilts, and what happens when they all collide at once. Publishers Weekly calls The Fortune Quilt vibrant. Kirkus Reviews calls it beguiling. And you can call it yours if you just head on down to your local bookstore because it's available now. Pick up your copy today. Thanks for coming back. I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. (laughs) And I'm Samantha Graves. And this is Will Ripe for Wine, damn it. We're both cranky tonight. I we have to tell cranky. you. We it are cranky. We are cranky because it's, I mean, this is like, unfortunately, this is the D block, but we have been having trouble all night. I, it's Skype or it's oh, my husband, saying. Fish, by the way. Let's go back in time and do the shout-offs again because we're in the middle of the C block. He comes waltzing in with the kids screaming behind him. I'm like, I'm in the middle of something here. And then later on in the C block, we get cut off. So if anything's weird in the C block... You know, right. if, like, Sam's talking and I'm not responding to her, I'm not trying to ignore you. I just couldn't hear you. <laughs> yeah. Skype isn't working for us. It's just one of those days, people. We're just having a bad day. We are. So now we're all we're all cranky, and I think we should end everything with, damn it. Like, damn it. Instance, all right, go ahead. <laughs> Want to win some great prizes? Damn yes, it. damn it. <laughs> I <laughs> oh, I didn't wait for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, because we're cranky. You don't need to be polite and wait for me. We're oh cranky. Oh, my God. This is going to be the cranky podcast. Go ahead. This is the cranky podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Head on down to willwriteforwine.com and give us some feedback. Damn it. We're looking for questions, <laughs> wine suggestions, general commentary on the show. Damn it. Each month, all eligible entries will go into a wine bucket. Damn it. At the end of each month, we'll pull the name out of the bucket to win a fabulous prize. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, oh thank God. Funny. I only have one sentence here. On tap for June, we have an awesome Cheryl Crow CD called Wildflower and a signed copy of Unraveled by C.J. Berry. Damn it. <laughs> That's my other pen name, C.J. Berry. Damn it. All C. you C. have Barry, to do it. to enter is send us an email at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or comment on our website, which has been a pain lately. But please, yes, if you sorry. can't get through the comments, just mm-hmm. email us and we I will answer. I promise it. we'll answer. Damn it. Right. <laughs> We will announce the June winner on our first July show, so send in your your comments and suggestions now, damn it. Damn it. (laughs) That was actually kind of fun. I feel a little better now. I know. Me too. (laughs) Thank you, Whiffers, for putting up with that. All right. Up next, we have the dun-dun-dun-dun weekly win. (laughs) We did good. We did good. good. So, Sam, how'd you do this week? Oh, no. I'm here. Are you there? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Did Skype okay. just cut out or did you go silent? No, Skype just kind of cut out, but that's okay. We're going to keep going because, <laughs> damn it. Damn it. <laughs> redoing the segment again. <laughs> go for it. Damn it. All right. I have six new pages and I finished editing the last 80 pages and sent them to my beta reader and my agent. Damn it. Yay. <laughs> Yay, me. <Damn> it. <laughs> Okay, as for me, I got eight pages done this week, which is fabulous, because as you all know, I've been sitting and thinking for a few weeks now with Mm -hmm. absolutely no progress whatsoever, and it has been good progress, because I've been thinking, I've been getting it together, I'm really happy with the idea now, and I'm very excited about it, but it doesn't Uh feel like I'm actually working. It Mm -hmm. feels a lot better to be able to say, I got pages done. So so I wrote the opening scene for my new proposal today. I'm very excited about it. It's going really well. Awesome. And I read it and it's great. So yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And now it's time for this week's random etc segment where we do whatever we feel like because it's our show. Damn it. 
damn it. <laughs> and this week we're going to do something new, damn it. Yes. <laughs> a little word competition called Boozle Bamboozle, damn it. This is a way <laughs> to pump up your writing muscle. Oh, And here's my how it works. Lonnie says a word, and I have 15 or 10 seconds to come up with Wait, as many as I just cut it down from 15 to 10. You just, as many okay. synonyms of that word as I can. Okay. And they have to be at least close. Then uh-huh. I do the same for her, and whoever has the most word wins. All right. Sounds All right. good. All right. You ready for your word? I'm ready. I'm going to give you the word. Uh, the word is smile. Grin. Smirk. Um, oh, that's a tough one. Uh, dimple. Ding! <laughs> that's a hard one. That is a hard oh, one. I got like it? three. <laughs> smile. It's and all my characters smile kind of all the time. Yeah. My characters smile all the time. All the time. time. As a matter of fact, I have smiling. a friend. Chrissy, who's also known as Ann Stewart, and um, she hates it when people smile. Really? <laughs> it drives her oh. crazy. And I have my character smiling all over the place. All the time. I was never conscious of it until mm-hmm. she was like, oh, I hate that. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I quit, took them all out, and they were all over the place. So I got like three, and one of them probably doesn't even count. It's probably not a real word, no, but I'm taking good. the three. Okay. All right. What was the last one? Dimpled. <laughs> Dimpled. Sure. Why not? I get it. It's good. Okay. I'm cranky. Right. Let me have it, damn it. I'm cranky. Let me have it, damn it. All right. Okay. Your word yeah. is drink. Drink. Uh, gulp. Um, swallow. Um, uh, chug. Um, gurgle. Uh, <laughs> gurgle may not be a word. Um, Ding. Okay. Oh, you did? Good. Better than me. Maybe like three and a half. Yeah. No, you did better uh, than me. I think you got it. Only because I played a lot of drinking games in college. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh, child. You know, they came in handy for something. Ah, well, you know, I'll tell my mother. But this is kind of just a a way to kind of use different words than you would normally use for the same thing. Mm -hmm. Because, like Mm -hmm. you said, we always say smile, smile, smile. I mean, there's other there's other ways to describe that. So anyway, okay, good. All right. Well, that takes care of this week's random et cetera, and it's time for a refill. (laughs) We'll be right back. Damn it! Damn it! If a half-hour week of Lonnie and Sam isn't enough for you, we've got some suggestions. First, there's LiteraryChicks.com, where Lonnie blogs with fellow writers and hilarious gals Michelle Kuna, Whitney Gaskell, Eileen Rindall, Alicia Holiday, and Beth Kendrick. Every month brings new special guest authors and new giveaways, so stop on by. For more Sam, go ahead and click your way on over to SamanthaGraves.com. She's got the latest news, contests, and some great giveaways. There are also links to her blog, her MySpace page, which you got to go there, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Barry, author of award-winning futuristic romances. So be sure to check out LiteraryChicks.com and SamanthaGraves.com for more from the girls. Well, it's finally time for Last Call here. Oh, my God. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, even through our cranky phase. And be sure to send your wine suggestions to us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or in the Mm -hmm. comments section on the website if you can get in, which apparently a lot of people can't. Send good wine suggestions to Sam. Me. Send cheap wine suggestions to me. 
Lonnie. <laughs> also, don't miss our cool Cafe Press store where you can get all sorts of fun. Will Ride for Wine merchandise. Be the envy of everyone you know <laughs> with a Will Ride for Wine shirt or apron or hat. Yay. The link can be found in the right-hand column of the website at willwriteforwine.com. Right. It's a little Cafe Press thing. Green yeah. box that says Cafe Press. So click on very that and cute. buy some stuff because it's very, very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. And don't forget to vote for us at Podcast Alley. Your votes count mm-hmm. new every month. So if you voted in May, you can vote again. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for all of you who have been voting. It's very nice. Um, and you. you can also review us on iTunes. We got a new iTunes mm-hmm. review this week. It was a really good week <gasps> for us. We shouldn't oh, be this good. cranky. We had such a good week. People I know, I know. Yeah, it's been I great. know. Well, you know, it wouldn't be so bad if we didn't have the technical di- difficulties. It because is. Because we're just like... Oh. It's Skype, it's bad. damn it. Next week, we're going to do a show about creativity, Yay. which should be fun because Lonnie and I have distinctively different approaches to this. And yet, we're both fabulous. How does that work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and remember, every email you send us gets you an entry in this month's giveaway, so send them on in. Right. So, until next week, this is Lonnie. And this is Sam saying, if you can't write for money, then write for wine, damn it! (laughs) Bye! We'll Write for Wine is brought to you every week by Lottie Diane Rich and Samantha Graves. Visit us at willwriteforwine.com where you can find show notes, news about what we're up to, and sign up for email notification when a new show is available. And don't forget to friend us on MySpace at myspace.com slash Music provided by the good folks at the Podsafe Music Network. Music.podshow.com If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends. Go vote for us on Podcast Alley. Leave a glowing review on iTunes. Just send us a note. Really, we'll take pretty much anything. Because aside from wine and writing, we don't have a lot going on here at Will Write for Wine. And whenever you vote, leave a nice comment. We get very, very happy. So take a minute out of your day and make our whole week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you here next time on Will Write for Wine. It's not morning anymore, so I have a diet cola and another diet cola. But then I'm feeling fine and I'm feeling pretty sharp and I'm feeling pretty wired and I'm getting things done. But right about two, I get this little tiny migraine. It starts by my eyes and it moves to the back of my neck and it moves to the